I won't sound our gong today. I'm just going to let you drop into the silence and continue as you already have. enough love and quite enough power to walk through our every fear for spirit one spirit is in this very room in this very room in this very So I invite you in this moment to allow my words to be your words. And if they're not a good fit, let them wash over you. Don't give them any energy that they don't require. A yes or a no is sufficient. And I honor your dominion. I recognize the one activity, the source of all life the coherent field, the infinite order, the infinite intelligence. We honor all traditions. We know that it, this presence goes by many names, many designators. But what's important for each one of us is to find the designator that works for us. And so as we continue to bring our awareness to our heart and to bask in some reflection or anticipation that generates gratitude. We become that portal of divine expression. We put our intellect in perspective to what is unfolding here and now. Except because our cleverness and our sharp minds can't get us there. They're a vehicle to bring us to the threshold. So we dive into the mystery today and know that something beautiful and powerful is showing up for us, that life is for us, that this incarnation is guiding and directing us in every good way and everything that comes into our experience is here for our awakening, for our recognition, and to see what life is showing us. And so I just give thanks knowing for myself, knowing for you, that whatever is important in this moment, what is the next awareness, what is the next idea, the possibility, the relationship, the situation, whatever is the, the, the release, the hospicing of that which no longer serves, and to midwife that which is awaiting our recognition and welcome. So with loving hands, metaphorically and physically, I invite you to join me in giving birth to that mystery to that unknown and saying it is all here for me and I'm so grateful to stand 
grounded in the eternal nature of my being, in alignment with my soul's blueprint to say yes to all of it. For this I give thanks, knowing that the, the energetics of what we share today is a, a vehicle of unconditional love upon this planet, that there is enough love, as we have just sung, in this room right now for the entire world. So I give thanks, knowing that it is simply in the intention and the agreement that something beautiful is moving through me, through you, because that is who we are. And so we unleash it with generosity, with possibility, opportunity, love, joy, and anticipation of the greater yet to be. For this I give thanks and invite you to say with me. And so it is. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Here we are. My favorite hour of the week. Well, there's one in another hour that's my second favorite, but you know what I mean. It's such a joy for me to be able to do the present, to, to share with you and to be, in this, this, uh, to be in this opportunity. And so what I want to do once again, and, and I, good morning, um, uh, is um, model what, what Karen did so beautifully in our meditation. She modeled the cue card. Thank you so much. I was so touched by that because that is truly what we're about here as a community. We're moving towards our genogram which will be happening in the next several months. We don't know yet because we're still doing the groundwork in consciousness so that we as a community have our own cue card. So I'm going to model for you right now, which is my homework, and I've done it every week since I've made this agreement with Dr. Gary Simmons. So please have compassion for me when I show up on my shadow card. That's the flip side of our cue card. And so many of you have done it here, so you know what I'm speaking of. When I show up feeling alone, when I feel flawed, when I feel fearful, when I live in lack, when I'm self-centered, and stupid. Does anybody like that stupid word? Because it seems to be a trigger. But anyway, because, because and I can be all those things, or I can feel all those things, because this is who I've come here to be. Invincible, brilliant, loved and loving, creative, whole, to live in wholeness, integration, to love it all. The stuff that I don't like about myself, to love that too, because that's God as well. And we wouldn't have the fullness of the experience. So the darkness and the light, the yin and the yang, ancient tradition shows us that. Generous. Generous means there's enough to hold and have my life as more than enough. What if we all truly embodied more than enough and lived from it? What an amazing experience it would be. And then free. To live in the freedom. The freedom and the, and the grace and the beauty and the eternality of, the, of who and what we are. All right, so thank you for that. Thank you for listening to and for my request for compassion because I'm sincere in that. And it's important for us to, as a community, to go through this cultural shift from minister-centric to mission-centric, from a, a community of receivership to a community of ownership. Because life, we, life mirrors back to us. And the, the title that I'm going to share with you today based on Lynn McTaggart's work is The Mirror. Life mirrors back to us what we are. So I watch, there's people that come every Sunday, and they come late. And it's not right or wrong, good or bad. And I, but I watch them come in, it's just a pattern. And what I'll tell you about that is that what, I will guarantee you that the things that they're working on in their life show up late as well. Because we're, you send a message to the universe that, yeah, I'm never on time. So why would your demonstrations be on time? It's simple. Monty Roberts, who wrote the book, The Horse Whisperer, wonderful book, I read it years ago, and he talked about when he would meet, people would call him over to work with an animal, and he would walk up to the horse, and the first thing he would do is raise his arms like this. 
And if the horse reacted to that in a negative way, he knew that that horse had been beat. He knew that that horse had been whipped. And he said, well, the first problem is that someone has been, been uh, beating this animal. It's obvious who we are, folks. It's no secret. So I can, I can write my list, and it doesn't matter to me because I'm not going to stop giving what I have to give, but it's just interesting how we think that we can get into a pattern and stay in that pattern, and then everything's going to change. It doesn't. It's who we are proceeds wherever we go. Consciousness proceeds experience. It's really simple. If you get that and understand that, you can go home right now. So it's just a point. It's obvious. Uh, my teacher taught me that. I said, how do I build self-trust? She said, start, keep, start keeping your agreements. And so I could do that with other people really well, but I found that I wasn't keeping my agreements with myself. I'd make an agreement. I'd get up in the morning. I'd say, I'm going to do this today, and I wouldn't do it. And so then after a while, I'd realize, I'm no good. I'm lying to myself. So I had to go to work there. So anyway, so the mirror, life mirrors to us. There's no secrets. Um, I had a wonderful conversation the other day about, um, about the um, uh, uh, sun dancing. And sun dancing, of course, is a very sacred ancient tradition amongst the indigenous people. And I'd forgotten about this, but there's always a... And Irene, what's the name of the guy that comes in the fur coat? Hayoka. Hayoka? The Hayoka shows up at the sun dance. So it's usually oppressive heat, and, you know, they pierce and they dance for hours, and they, they fast, the people that are... And it's the men, I believe, but maybe women, sun, all the women sun dance as well. But what the Hayoka comes up, and he wears a fur coat. So he's in complete opposition to what's going on. And then he goes to the people and, and, and challenges them, their belief system. You're no good. You don't belong here. You have no value here. Have you ha do you have a Hayoka in your life? But they're, they're a gift in our life because they challenge us. As Dr. Gary Simmons said to me, you've got to have people triggering you so you can bring mastery to not being triggered. Thought, well, isn't that great? So we have Hayokas in our lives. You're no good. You'll never get there. Oh, you don't know what you're doing. You're worthless. I mean, so many of us got that. Those are our Hayokas. And so when we understand it and we can hold it in perspective of who and what we are, it makes all the difference. And then we realize they're a blessing. That irritant is a blessing. It keeps pushing us forward. Ah, this is how life works. Disappointment is a gift. Betrayal is a gift. Other, the good opinions of others, as Ralph Waldo Emerson, which have nothing to do with us, their projection, are a gift. Ah, I see what's alive in you. Yeah, and we either get to say, yeah, it's true. Oh, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, I'm worthless. I'm worth, I don't deserve. I just read you my shadow card. The Hyoka comes up. When the Hyoka comes up, it gives me my shadow card. Well, thank you so much. But see, I know who I've come here to be now. That's our choice. We don't have to get rid of them. We don't have to destroy them. We just simply say, nope, I don't agree with you. It's not taking me in the direction that I want to go. So this mirror effect, and it's, it comes from um, Lynn McTaggart, it's, and, and we, she talks about miracles. So each week, we've, she's, she references miracles as an event or an action of, uh, that apparently contradicts known scientific laws. So this, she's a researcher, an amazing woman. It is in opposition to the scientific law. So what, is the so what is the mathematical equation for a miracle? I got into transcendental meditation years ago. First non-structured form of worship that I got into, and my mother was deathly afraid. You know, how dare you start meditating? We're Catholic. We don't meditate. 
Oh, that's right. We get on horses and ride down to the Mideast and we destroy the infidels. She didn't like that answer. So. Anyway, there's some history there, isn't there? Be nice to get a genogram going for that group, but probably not in my lifetime. Anyway, but it's um, this idea of, in the study, the mathematical equation for a miracle. And then what is the, so what they come up, have come up with in the studies, and TM was doing this, Transcendental Meditation said, we get a certain percentage of people meditating. We think it will impact negativity in the world, crime rates, um, uh, you know, uh, violent interactions, things like that, and it was studied. So 1% of the population practicing meditation seemed to be a, a really great number that people came up with in their, their studies. So the U.S. has 320 million. It's used the United States population for this study. And when you look at 1%, you need about 3 million people coming together in one accord. There are about 100,000 of us in New Thought organizations across North America. It's not a big group. We are a niche. We're a very small movement. So it turns out that if you shrink it to a square root, that 1% of the population, if you break it down, it's about 1,700 people is what in the study and, and some of the, the equations that Lynn McTaggart uses in The Power of Eight. So what she de decided to do was to get a group of people together. She wanted to replicate some peace work. So she held a worldwide intention experiment with the goal to lower the violence in two specific provinces of Afghanistan using the 10-year anniversary of 9-11 as its focal point to create peace. So she invited people from the East and the West to join together on time, September 11, 2011, and they did it online, they did it by the Internet, and she began, they began together. First, there was an apology from someone in the East for not finding out about 9-11 attacks and stopping them. And then Lynn apologized on behalf of the West for attacking Afghanistan as a result. So they opened up with a heart connection. So the reason that I share this with you is part of the, the um, power of eight is, they call it powering up, but you power up through the heart connection. So I'm going to put a little video up in a moment. We're going to practice this today because I don't want to just talk to you about it. I want you to be, have an experience of it. I think it's more important. But the heart connection is really important. The heart's where it's at. Of all the chakras, all the energy centers, all the energy banks, whatever we call it, whoever the teacher is, they're all there. And there's more than seven. There's actually many. Joe Dispenza works with eight. But in pranic healing, I think there's, I don't know, 16. So, but all of it, it, it it's just how we're, how we're wired. But the heart is really where the, the juice is. And the heart math that... Um, uh, the Q process invites us to be part of is really powerful as well. So we start with the heart. We go into the heart. We drop into the heart. So every, then everyone in the East and West in this study joined together for a 10-minute intention of peace in silence for these specific provinces. It was, she said it was difficult for her to get the, the casualty statistics from the U.S. military of the lives that have been taken because of the, the fighting because they don't want to share that. But it turns out they're not too keen. She said she finally found an organization that had been documenting all of the civilian casualties over the 10-year period. They reported that in the three months following the intention uh, casualties, it dropped by with the, with the intention set for these provinces in unconditional love. Because just know that we are there to support them in unconditional love. The casualties dropped 37%. 
Um, explosive devices, attacks with explosive devices, the, the suicide bombers dropped 19%, and overall violence was lower 16% than it had been in previous years. All in the two provinces that were focused on. The rest of the country didn't have the same downturn trend. In fact, in comparison to the rest, the two provinces showed an 800%, uh, but the two provinces showed an 800% decrease over the previous months. So it's quite interesting how we are energetically connected and how setting an intention and bringing that unconditional love to the end. So we don't have to figure it out. See, the intellect can't get us there. Our mind is so beautiful and so important. But then we have to step into the mystery, the magical, the unknown, and live in infinite possibility because there's an intelligence, as Dr. Holmes said, within us that does know. I don't know, but something within me does know. But we get so busy in the chatter at times, we, we don't have an opportunity to hear it. So why was it so successful to have people from all over the world hold the same intention together? Well, Lynn said her research showed that we have miraculous power within us waiting to be unleashed. Human minds have great capacity to operate non-locally and can make an invisible connection. This connection creates an ability to work collectively and can have a powerful effect. If you recall, she described that this as the, the, she calls this the psychic internet, if you've read the book. And it's through the heart that it happens. So fascinating. That's why when we drop into the heart, it's so, so beautifully important. The other thing that happens, and, and uh, there it is, what a beautiful slide of the connection that we're all connected at that psychic internet. We have what, ha and I shared that story with you about Todd last week, the fellow that had the, um, the brain tumor, and he went to the Pentecostal church, and they prayed for him. So if you weren't here last week, I'll give you a really brief description. But he found that the, the doctor said, inoperable, we can't help you. So he found a church community that was praying for him. And while he was going through this, he kept going back to the doctor to study what was happening, and, and nothing was happening. It was getting worse, as a matter of fact. But he was really committed, and he was really devoted to this. So he not only was involved with prayer communities, he started traveling the world. And he found uh, in Cuba, he was invited to become part of a prayer group to help somebody else. And as soon as he started praying for someone else, the results in his symptoms all started to dissolve. And so it's so important. Part of this work is so important. So, so Lynn calls it the rebound. She said that, the, she calls it borrowed, borrowed benefits start showing up. So we're praying for another person for something, for prosperity, for health, for relationship, for joy, for peace of mind, whatever it may be. And the reciprocity, the rebound for many in the study is stronger and more pronounced than the, actually the person that's being prayed for which is fascinating. But see, we're all connected energetically. So when we get out of just our own uh, small needs and, and, and support another and whatever it may be that we'd like to experience ourselves, there's this multiplication that takes place. It's a beautiful thing. It's tap into it. And we, we amplify it. So the effects on the intender eclipse the effects on the intendee. So we're going to be doing these Power of Eight groups. And I don't want you to feel bad if you say, hey, I'd like prayer support for... We're going to do it in a moment. We're not going to do 10 minutes. We don't have time. I don't want you to feel bad if you're the attendee and you realize, geez, I really need to be praying because you can be part of that as well. 
so alone. But it's just very interesting how potent this is when we start to move out of ourselves. That's why spirit groups are so are flourishing. We're, you know, Lil is uh, introducing our spirit groups. are very committed. We're sending Lil and Steve Sandy and and Kate Haggerty, uh, Haggerty to uh, the uh, spirit group summit in Lee Summit, Missouri next week. And it's very exciting because it's a group of people coming together, sharing their, their successes, sharing what they're doing now, what's happening within their communities. It's a collaboration because it is such a potent uh, component. And part of that is the outreach. Part of that is finding something to serve outside the walls of this community. And we have been, we, we're amazing. I, my friend Irene is here today. She's a member at Mile High, and Mile High is a really active outreach program. Amazing programs. So this is not something new, but spirit groups becomes the vehicle for that. So what we want to do is, is partner with the power of aid in spirit groups as well, because it's a very short practice. It's not something that we have to give our lives over to. I'm part of a group right now. We've been doing it for months, and it takes about 20 minutes. We power up. We pray in. We, we, we hear an intention from the person that we're there to support. We pray in. We sit in silence together in unconditional life for 10 minutes. And then it is my honor to sort of do a short prayer at the end. To, to just simply honor the energy, to know it continues to work for us and through us and as us. And then we get on with our days. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. And nobody misses the meeting. Everybody's there. Because everybody knows at some level, well, this is really, really wonderful to connect. We're geared for this connection. So Lynn talks about this, this new message. It's not a new message. It's not a new message. Karen Armstrong, great, great researcher, author, and former Catholic nun, I have an affinity for the Catholic nuns because I spent so much time with them. <laughs> and some of them, Sister John in grade seven, she had a right cross. She could have knocked out Muhammad Ali at any moment, I am certain. She had beautiful, and, and the legwork, it was just wonderful to watch and to experience as well. I was like, wow, look at her. I remember her hanging kids outside the window on the second floor when she'd get really upset. She was a substantial woman. I mean, she was... You didn't mess around in there because, you know, they were going to beat us until we became the people that we were supposed to be. And I'm happy for it. If it hadn't been for that, I wouldn't be here right now. I'd probably be hanging some kid upside down outside the second story window, <laughs> passing on the legacy. But the point is the new message. You might have heard this before. This is from Matthew. It says, so in everything, do to others. In everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. Anybody ever heard that before? Confucius said it this way. Do not do to others what you would not like yourself. Buddha said, hurt not others in ways that you yourself would find hurtful. Hinduism is the sum of duty. Do not unto others what you would not have them do unto you. It's almost as like they were communicating with one another, isn't it? It goes on. Islam. No one, is, no one of you is a believer until he desire for his brother that which he desire for himself. Judaism. What is hateful to you, do not do to your fellow man. This is the entire law. All the rest is commentary. Taoism, regard your neighbor's gain as your gain, and your neighbor's loss as your own loss. And Wicca, for those that are fans of Wicca, and we honor all traditions, do as you will and harm no one. But this has been around forever, and, and Karen Armstrong, in a lot of her work, 
always goes to the golden rule. Every tradition has the golden rule. So it's not a secret. So we know these things and we just, and we forget. So Lynn McTaggart spends years and years and years coming back with scientific, let me give you the science on this and why it works because we need, we need to be convinced. I'm not going with that. You know, I, oh, no, 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 I need more research. My mind, my intellect, my sharp intellect mind, which is it all figured out, needs more convincing. Convince me and then I'll, I'll join. Well, it's there, so I don't know what to tell you. But read the book, don't read the book. Believe me, don't believe me. And I don't, it does, it, I, I'm not attached to that. I'm just here to offer to you what I think is really important and, uh, and, and powerful. It's our opportunity. So as, as, as Lynn says, the point being that in all faith traditions, we find that golden rule. And it's a message of giving to others what we would give to ourselves. It's very intriguing. This teaching is universal. Why is that? Not so that we will all be nice to one another. It's good to be nice to one another, but there's something much deeper to this teaching. It is a law that you send out. What you send out returns to you. What you send out returns to you. This is the entire law. All else, as the Jews, Ju Judaic tradition articulates, is commentary. And so my, then my opportunity is to think about what I'm sending out. What am I sending out? Who am I being? And that's what I love about the cue card. You know, as a, as, a, as a leadership team, we have an amazing group of, of uh, board members right now because it took a while for me to gather enough people together to say, you know what, the model's not working. What we've been doing isn't working. Our hyokas are coming and tell us it's not working. We're, we're not good enough. There isn't enough and all that. And thank you for that. But we also need a path. We need something to rally around. We see, need something to move forward because we are here to create. And if we don't do it here, we'll find some other place to create. But I think it's a beautiful opportunity that's come for us. And it's not easy to shift a culture. But the point being, it's a new day. There's a new opportunity. There's a new path. And so when we embody the Q, the Q process and we live from the Q card, so I get to decide. I don't control one of my favorite teachers right now. I don't control Donald Trump. I know a number of you feel like I'm master of time, space, and dimension, but I'm just not. But I do control who and I determine who I've come here to be. And so when we can live from who we've come here to be, more consistently, we have a better chance of staying in the coherent field of unconditional support and love and possibility. We just do. But it's so counterintuitive at times because it's so much more fun to blame someone. It's so much easier to point a finger. There's the problem. The problem is Donald Trump. Donald Trump's a hyoka. He's come along to tell us that we gotta, we got to marginalize everyone and we got to build walls and we got to protect what we got and we got to be great again. We're all already great. We're making this stuff up. And we, as a collective group, have created him. Isn't it perfect? Let's take his inspiration and his irritant and give birth to something beautiful. To be able to look at it, and when he says these things, he says, which are quite remarkable at times. I saw a mother the other day talking about, and she had been uh, part of the, one of the shootings. And they got together, and, and she said it was like talking to a six-year-old. And I thought, what a beautiful way to describe it. You know, 
not right or wrong, good or bad, but this was this woman's experience. Is she the expert? No, but that was her way of, she didn't call them bad and wrong. She just said, this, you know, I have children and this is like talking to a six-year-old. That's not surprising. But that's okay. It's a call for us to wake up. See, it's time for all of us to step up and really be clear. Beautiful that Robert Redford, I said it a couple weeks ago, they interviewed him and they were trying to get him to say something about it. He said, I'm not going to comment on that. I don't know enough to comment on that. But I will tell you this, that we get things like this when we stop paying attention. Keep paying attention. Keep discerning. Keep saying yes and no. No, that's not mine. I don't know. You know what? I can... And the tide is shifting. The tide is shifting. This is how life works. This is the realm that we've taken in, incarnated into. So it's really about us being the, the, um, the revolutionary, excuse me, being the evolutionary activist, being the evolutionary activist. And the more cleaning we can do and the, and the, and the more consciousness we can bring to the, the situation, the infinite possibilities can show up. So we had a beautiful board meeting this last week, and, and I brought, I'm, I'm studying and studying it because I want to be able to support what's happening in the most beautiful and simple way I can. And so because there's no roadmap, and there's, there's you know, it's, it's, I said as long as we can continue to show up on our cue cards, bring the best of ourselves, we, we'll be okay. And when we get off our cue cards to remind, to lovingly remind someone, is this who you came here to be? And partner in that more and more and more. I love the story of Michael Beckwith. Years ago when Agape was getting going, they didn't have enough money. They were losing their lease. They didn't have a place to meet and they needed someone. So Dr. Michael sat down and he actually did the power of eight. He didn't, didn't call it then. He locked the door. And he told the board members, we are not leaving this room until we are in agreement. So let's have the conversation. What can we agree on? So it doesn't mean that we have to give up everything in our lives to partner unconditionally and absolutely. We just have to strike an agreement. And so if, if we as a leadership team, which, which Dr. Michael said, continue to stand in lack together, guess what we'll experience? Yeah. So we need to know it's possible. We need to know a better day is ahead of us. If we can agree that and strike that agreement, so the cue card, our qualities, give us an opportunity to live in that coherent field because we're energy. We're energy. And it doesn't matter what modality you study. It doesn't matter where you go. You can go to John of God. You can do the, the foundation class here. You can uh, become a cue facilitator. You can be a Reiki master. You can go to cranial sacral school. Whatever it may be, but if it, consciousness isn't shifted, it won't matter. It's just a boondoggle. It's more activity for the sake of activity. And it's, and it's, not, and it's not a criticism. Everybody's path is different. We're all wired differently. But if it's not shifting and changing and transforming you, you're going to have the same experience over and over again. Just the way it works. So Dr. Michael locked the door. They struck an agreement within three weeks. The loans they needed came through. The building that they required to fulfill the ministry showed up. The support from places they couldn't even imagine appeared. One of the most potent and beautiful and the largest, I think, new thought community in the world, Agape. 
So it's a very, very interesting thing when we can strike agreement. So it's good to know when things aren't working. It's good to know that cultural change is, is ahead. But what do we have? We need strategies, we need tools, we need mechanisms to access and make ourselves available to it. So what I want to do right now, we've got a couple minutes. I've asked Laura if she can put up a, uh, the, the video from last week from Burning Man. It's two minutes. It's an example of what this Power of Eight group is. So we're going to show you the video, but before we, I want to set it up for you. I want you to think about a situation or person in your life that can use support. Is there anybody here that would like to, to state a request for something? You don't have to disclose something that would embarrass you. Anybody here and would, longing for an experience that we can love and support you in? Everybody's needs are fulfilled. That's awesome. Good. Yes, Violet. Your daughter? What's her name? Jennifer, and what, what would you like for Jennifer? This is how, this is how Power of Eight goes, so you need to state a, an intention for Jennifer. Clarity for Jennifer. Because the infinite note. But you've stated that intention, we share it with you. So if you have someone else in mind that you'd like to support, or be supported in, go there, you know. Let's show the video of what the, how this worked at, at Burning Man, and then we'll spend a couple of minutes today practicing. We don't have the 10 minutes, but we'll go. We'll go three minutes. I'm Illuminum, an interactive light and sound sculpture powered by your collective heart energy. In this experience, you will each use your breath to enter a state of coherence or deep harmony with yourself, one another. So great reminder. Let's stop, drop into our hearts. I'll time two minutes and support Jennifer, support unconditional love. Just drop into that heart. Let's know that what we've generated here continues to amplify. And that wherever love is called for, there's enough to supply it. 
But this is really a, a little experience of spirit group. It's a 10 minute powerful process. And so I invite you to bring yourself, let's ground it with a prayer as we go into our, some music. And so what I know in this moment is that we've come together. We have answered the call and shown up in this lifetime, not just this day, this lifetime and everything that we've experienced to this point has come for us. And so I see life with new eyes. As the indigenous people say, when they see a beautiful animal in, in the forest, it's not that I saw the hawk, but the, the hawk is showing itself to me. There's an intelligence in all of life. So what is showing itself to you and I that we can celebrate and look at and use for transformation? Let us know that the love, the unconditional love that we support Jennifer with or someone else that's come to mind for you silently and beautifully in your heart is in this moment moving and changing and shifting, whatever it may be, that we are a, we are a, a community of peace and that peace lives within each and every one of us. That is that eternal nature, that unconditional love, that spark of the divine that radiates through it as each and every one of us. You are the light of the world. You are tasked with the opportunity to do unto others as you would have done unto you. So may we be guided by that this week in the simplicity of it and to define each moment who we've come here to be. And when we find ourselves not being that, with grace and love and compassion, we bring ourselves back to the agreements that we have struck. For this I give thanks and invite you to say with me, and so it is. Thank you. Wow. What a sweet, sweet experience. Whew. All right.